Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Sebastian, uh, there's no soccer on my calendar for the rest of 2021 for there the first time all year. I mean, yeah, after so after this past weekend, there's not a whole lot going on now. Uh, yeah, so we we just wrapped up ODP, the winter ODP minicamp for the 2010 through 2008 age groups. Which I thought was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice being indoors. Uh, and numbers were good. Numbers, numbers were really, really good. good. The, the level of play was really good. So overall, I'm, I'm. I thought it was. I've been in the. I've been in this new ODP structure in Delaware for the last three years since it's, since its new inception. And um, I think it was the best event we've had so far. Yeah, so, I think I think you can see. Where, like you just said, there was restructured. I can think you start to see the growth of the restructure now, right? Like the first couple of seasons are those growing pains. I think you've ironed out all the kinks, and now you're starting to see the actual the growth and and the opportunities for all these kids to be able to for sure play with the best players in Delaware. Well, for sure, and I think the other part, and I told Tyler Bastianelli, who's the uh, he's the ODP director. Um, I said, you know, part of it is we've seen some of the same kids for the last two or three years kind of grow in the program. They maybe started out as a U in the U12 age group, but now they're in the U14 age group. And we've seen the same kids. So we've seen their progression. And maybe it's a kid that maybe at first didn't play in that U12 age group as much, or maybe didn't get selected, but now is stuck with the idea of the program. And now is now is one of the top players, right? So they've they've stuck around with it. The, the development's there. Which is also a credit to the clubs in the area. I think that's that's also it's also a really a really good thing. Um, so I, I was happy with it. I hope, you know, my only hope is that other states start to implement that. Um, but maybe maybe they won't. I'm not sure. It works for we Delaware. Might be behind, we might be behind on the learning curve. Delaware, Delaware being so small. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it it's it's easy for us because it's you know that this is a way for for the commitment level to be perfect. Um, financially, the, the cost is not, is not, um, you know, it's not the same cost as it was before in previous years where you're comparing it to almost a club, you know, club dues. Um, so you're, you're talking about a different structure that I think allows more kids to be involved. Um, and, and it works with the clubs instead of against the clubs, which I think is good. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Absolutely. Um, and then. We had our first diamonds tryout um, yes. on Monday, which I thought went really well. Uh, you know, we had we had seven, we had four returning, no, four new players and three returning players. Um, so we had four four new players trying out, which I thought was good. Some some players we knew, some players we didn't. So I'm ultimately I'm hoping that you know in the we have we're not going to announce anybody in the games yet outside of uh, we'll announce some of the returners. But um, you know, in the next month or so, we'll start announcing some of the new players coming into the into the into the into the team. Um, but I'm, but the goal is, I think, is going to be to increase the level. Um, I think what we also saw with some of our returners is we saw more experience. You know, we saw the us, or we saw them coming in now with a year of soccer where they actually got to play in the fall season. So they're coming in with a different at a different level, which I thought was really good. So ultimately, I'm I'm excited for for what's to come for the for the diamonds um, over the summer. Yeah, I think I think one thing that you notice in the tryout, it's just a tryout, right? But the speed of play was different from last year, 100. Um, and yeah, credit to you know them actually being able to play in the fall. But I think it also comes with understanding what UWS is, right? So for some of our returning players, had no idea what this diamonds thing was. We knew what we were getting ourselves into, but we had no idea what the speed was, what the level was, all of those types of things. So being able to reflect and then say, hey, look, this year, this is what we need to do better. This is what we need to improve on. This is how we want to play. And we're going to start this, set this tone from day one to be able to ultimately go out and compete in the summer. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and that's what it comes down to, right? It, it's It's a way for you to be able to, continue to stay in in the game um and it's a way for us to provide some different levels for different players and and 
I think what's what's unique about it is, and, and this would probably go for all the UWS two teams, especially. What's unique is that this is allows every single player to get something different out of the experience while still working together as a team, right? So you get the social aspect of it because they all want to play with each other because they have fun. It's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable environment, right? One of the first questions that a couple of players, the returning players, ask, oh, is this player coming back? Is this player coming back? Is this player ever coming back? Oh, great. That's awesome. Like, that's what I want to know. At the same time, it provides for a high school age player, for example, it'll provide them for the for opportunity to showcase themselves or to test themselves against college level players. Um, and for the, the, the seniors who are going into their freshman year of soccer, it gets them a chance to be close or as close as we can be to that level they're going to experience. It's never going to be the same because it's never going to be the same from a mental standpoint because you're in the middle of summer, you're not in the fall season, There's the competition level is different, um, the environment's different, you don't have the pressure, you don't have the structure of school and all these other things. So it's never going to be exactly the same, right? And, and I don't think we're ever, our goal is to be exactly the same as a college uh, program because at the same time, that'll also burn the kids out. Yeah, but, it's the summer, right? So we're exactly. trying to, you know, our goal is to get them fit. Exactly. That's that's ultimately what can we what we can do, right? Um, get them fit, get them confidence. Um, so yeah, so it's exciting stuff. So if you still want to, if you're interested in, in finding out more, uh, f- visit us on on our website at DelawareUnion.com or Facebook.com/slash DE Union Diamonds or on Instagram at DE Union Diamonds. You can also check out our social media for Delaware Union, facebook.com slash Delaware Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer and on Twitter at DE Union Soccer. And we're almost at the end of the I think we're going to announce it next week. So doing, I think, in the last, last show of the year, we're going to make, an, make one of the announcements. But the rest of the announcements will happen as we, we get into 2022. Uh, part of the reason is because we are uh, we're excited to be part of the podcast show at the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Kansas City. We're going to be there in January. Uh, this this event, this convention brings, it's the ultimate event for soccer coaches and those who work in the game. Uh, so make sure, um, you know, you rekindle your passion through presentations on the field, demonstrations, exhibits, and events for coaches at every level, whether you're attending alone or bringing the whole coaching staff, there's really no better place to learn, network, and experience all the aspects of the game. If you register today, right? So if you go in today, uh, as a listener of this podcast, use this promo code, POD22, POD22 at checkout, and you'll save $80 on your registration. Uh, what's really cool is this year, if you, you know, these two sessions that are going on at 11 o'clock on a Friday, and you can't make, bo- make both, it's all right, because all the recorded, all of the sessions are going to be recorded, and they're part of your registration. Uh, so make sure you visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org today to register. And remember, use that promo code POD, POD22 at checkout to save. Um, and obviously uh, we're excited to see all of you there. Uh, come and check us out at Kansas city. If you're going to be out there, uh, be part of the podcast, you know, come and join us. We'll, we'll, we'll be there with some announcements. We'll give out, we got some giveaways. Um, uh, can, should I give a little teaser as to what one of our giveaways is? Uh, you can, I mean, why not? Right. Or do you want to save it for next week? We might say it for next week. Listen, uh, we'll give you a little teaser and we'll, we'll give out more next week, but a little teaser. We are going to have a contest and we have some stuff that just some swag, right? Stuff some we swag. all get, right? Right. That's not what swag stands for. Stuff we all get. Stuff we all get. There you go. So, I've never man. heard that before, but absolutely. you never heard that before. <laughs> no. All right. So there you go. Well, you can grab Sounds like a bad joke. It does. Right. So this is, uh, you can grab some swag. You can grab some stuff. We we will have some stuff to give out, and also you can enter in some some contest, and we'll have some different announcements as we go. So make sure you use that code POD twenty two, and save eighty bucks on your registration. Come come hang out with us in Kansas City. So anybody that knows me knows that I enjoy uh, some coaching education. Not only do I enjoy coaching education, I also enjoy coaching education with good people. Um, and I, I'm sitting and I'm, I'm sitting on my computer and I have this certificate that says that I've completed, uh, 12 hours of coaching education, um, which were fantastic. And they were led by the fantastic people at strive. Um, so if we have people, if, if we're talking about strive, coach Linda has to come on, um, coach Linda, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for having us back. I'm excited to be here. I am so happy that you're here. 
Um, so tell us a little bit about the the coaching education, these this three-part series that uh I just went through. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, we've 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 always done a lot of professional development, coaches education at Strive. Um, however, over the past kind of 18 months, we we were able to get some some funding to do um basically a a, a case study, some research, um, and 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 gather information on on truly what 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 is out there telling us what uh, youth development coaches coaches who are invested in young people um, what they need to be best equipped to 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 do their jobs essentially right so so what what are the defining factors um, that are gonna that are gonna set coaches apart from being transactional coaches to being transformational coaches um, and so we we did that kind of research we gathered that data and from there created the content um, the structure and the approach to to the training that we did. And so um, altogether, there, there, there's just over 12 hours that we ended up dividing into three different parts, um, three, four hour sessions um, that we were able to host here, here in Wilmington and have coaches um, from, from all different backgrounds, all different sports, um, all different walks of life, which was fantastic, kind of come together and, and go through go through this training. Um, and so, it, you know, like I said, the, the outcome is really how, how can we uh, increase uh, the positive youth development that is coming out of sports based sports based youth development programs. Yeah, so you know one of the cool things about it was, as you said, there was coaches from all over the all, all different different backgrounds and different sports, and I think that was that was really cool for me because I got to I got to think and experience and hear the thought process for other sports, and I think sometimes team sports and individual based sports at times have a lot of differences, but at the same time, also a lot of similarities, which I think was kind of cool to, to hear and talk about. And whether you're coaching high school or youth players and, you know, the, there's a lot that, that can be said there. Um, so let's go through the, the four, the three, four hour part. So core values and culture building. This is something that you talked about the last time you were on the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, so core values and culture building. Um, I thought that was, it's a great start, like a great starting point. Um, why, why those two things together and combined? Yeah. So, um, everything that we, we did through those 12 hours had to have a solid foundation, right? We need to build on something and the same way as, as, as your club has to build on something, that foundation, that's, that's your culture. Right. And so not only did we set the kind of tone for what is the culture of, of this programming that we're doing, right. And what's the point of it. Um, it, it's an opportunity to also then think about, okay, what's the, what's, what's your foundation for you as a coach who's entering into this space, who's, who's going through this, this education, right. And where, whenever we, whenever we add another layer on top, what is that going towards? Right. And so I think that that was really important. And for us, you know, I speak about this at length all the time is that your, your culture, right. Must revolve around core values. And they're not just things written up on a wall. They're not just things put on a t-shirt, right. They are actionable. They are alive. They breathe. They exist in every single different space. And so um, we, we have to kick off there. We have to start there because then it also becomes that anchor that you keep coming back to. We can talk about empathy. We can talk about motivation. We can talk about communication. And we did, right, where we get there. However, it must go and live somewhere. And that and where it goes and lives is that intentionally built culture. And so starting there and, and then putting everything inside of that is really critical. I so to, one thing that stood out to me as you were saying that I was trying to find a kind of something to kind of relate the idea of core values as this living thing. Um, and I am not a bread maker by any stretch of the imagination. I've never <laughs> made bread, but I do know that like the starters, right. The, that, the like, that's a living thing that you have yeah. to, and people keep it for years and years and years and you have to take care of it or else your bread is not very good or, or not going to be very good. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's like that, like it's culture, maybe core values is the, the yeast of your life. <laughs> <laughs> don't, people you were... give, don't people give each other that as a gift? Isn't that like a thing? Oh, that's right? a thing. Isn't that that's what those thing. starters? Isn't that a thing? Yeah, I'm pretty don't sure. The gift of core values. This either is good. That, either this is the Christmas episode. Either that, either that, or I think people like pass that down on like their wills and stuff like that. Like, no, this is to, strange. No. This you have strange. to take care of this bread. I'm pretty sure that was on a TV show I or a movie or something like oh that. Oh my gosh. 
person <laughs> like bread or something that yeah there was definitely something there was something in there i, I don't know i went off the weekend but um but no core values in in the idea of communication i think it's it's always goes back to the why right like why are we here and let's relate everything back to anything it doesn't matter what it is that we're doing it could be the most specific thing or the most broad topic that we does it go back to our mission and vision right does it go back to our core values how does it relate to that and I think as coaches, we sometimes lose that. I think at times, and it's easy because we focus on the specifics. And, and I've gone through it in the last couple of weeks with, with some colleagues where we're discussing how, what we do with a specific team or specific age groups. And my response back at one point after going back through a hundred different ways of, of looking at this and things like that and discussing this and discussing that, the fine details of do we move players? Do we not move players? Do we do this? Do we not do that? I think at one point I said, how does this relate to our mission and vision? How does this relate to our core values? Does it line up with that? Because if it doesn't, then we shouldn't do it at all. Yep. Yep. We often, we often say sometimes a good idea is just a good idea, right? Yeah. Sometimes a good, a good project is just a good project. It doesn't mean that, that it's, it, it's, it's your, yours to do. Right. And, and I think this is one of the things when, when, especially we're looking at sports teams and sports clubs, right. There is a place for everyone somewhere. Right. But right. You need to go find that, or you need to ask the right questions. Right. I said, I used to say the same when I was recruiting for college, right. Is, is if you want to play, you can find somewhere. Right now, you just have to know which what you're willing to negotiate on. Is it location? Is it size? Is it type? Is it major? Right, and and, and I would say the same thing in 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 sport sports, especially youth sports, is parents and players. Right, what are what are your non negotiables? What are your core values? Right, and 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 what, how do you want to see those in a club? Right, it does do facilities matter? Does equipment matter? Does travel matter? Does coach matter? Do, what matters? Then go and ask those questions, right? And ask ask the club, what are your core values? How do you live them out? What it, what does success look like for you, right? And having those conversations, that, that's important. If you go into a club and you're asking the, the the director some of these questions and they can't tell you what their mission or their vision is, like I, I would say, turn around and run, yeah. right? Like turn around and run. Yeah. Well, and I think the other part is it's like. Do the, the do the decisions that are made on a weekly or on a yearly or monthly basis match match with that? Right. And I, I think that was a discussion I had with the coaches. Like, listen, I don't it, like you said a good idea is just a good idea sometimes. You know, the idea that we had was was not bad. It just doesn't fit us as a and, and if we're gonna have to change our entire and I don't I don't disagree with the idea. And, and I think you and I both both agree that um legacy is one of our favorite books. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, when you're at the top of your game, change it, right? But it doesn't mean you change your core, you change your why, right? Just change the approach or change some of the things that you do, but not the why you do them. I think that always has to be a constant. I think if, as you said, right, if, if parents are out there looking for, for a sports organization for their kid, look, start there, right? Start, start the why. Does your why match their why? And I think that's a conversation that at times clubs have a really hard time having with, because ultimately you're looking at like, I can't turn people away. No, you can turn people away that don't match their values. They might don't match your values. Not because you don't want them. It's because it's not, it's not good for either party. I think that's what we forget about that. Like, it's not just the benefit of the club. It's also like, what's the benefit of the kid? What's the benefit of the parent? Like, if you don't line up with what we want to do, we want to do A, B, and C. If you want to do E, D, and F, or D, E, and F, <laughs> that would be... <laughs> They're not coming to you for their literacy, are they, Sam? <laughs> they're 100% not. Um, but, like, but I hear, but I hear what you're saying. I, I, I think this is this is the bit that I always tell people. is like, there's no such thing as wrong core values, right? And, 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 and so I'm not saying that every club must hold A, B, and C, right? Absolutely not. It's just have clarity on it and then know that those should guide your decisions. When I run workshops um, specifically with sports teams or, or coaches, a lot of the times on the first question is like, how, what do you, what do you think about captains? How should we pick captains? What do you believe about? Right. And I always say, I don't believe anything. I, I believe what your core values dictate. Right. So when we're having arguments about playing time, when we're having arguments about starting 11s, when we're all, all the, all those consistent arguments, those answers should already be answered or we, or we should have a litmus test for them, which is our core values. Right. So if let's say one of our core values at our club is growth, right. Then, Okay. What does that then tell me about playing time? 
I would argue that we ha now have to look at equality of playing time so that everyone has the same ability to grow, right? If that's if that's what we've decided as a club, but like th that's how that's that's where we have to start. You 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 have to start with the core value that can then also inform these major decisions, right? What does it mean to get cut from a team? Do we believe in making cuts, right? Well, let's go back to it, right? And there's always you always go back to it. And so at some clubs there may be cuts, there may be a set start in eleven. You may not be guaranteed playing time, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because they believe in these things. That's fine clarity right and then you know with awareness comes choice yeah yeah all right so second four hours motivation and risk management this might have been my favorite day yeah yeah i first off right and and, and now you you got to speak to this right when you hear risk management you're already scheduling yourself for some for something else during that session because you're like listen i can get on board with motivation but like risk management I don't need to take another concussion test. I don't need to do do the X, Y, and Z. Um, but this was one one of the, actually the new material that had been developed out of our research, and and Mariana was just sensational in my opinion, right? Yep. Um, and what what it was, right, was um, was thinking about psychological safety, right? It was thinking about risk management not just in terms of injury, but risk management in terms of um, relationship building, right? So the good and the bad. And I think one of the 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 the, the key parts of this was right the positive power of negative thinking, right? So how can you as an adult, how can you as a coach think ahead to all the negative things that could happen? Not because it's going to paralyze you, but because it's going to give you. A, a proactive approach, right, to to addressing these things. So already thinking about what happens if bullying is going to, what happens if somebody gets bullied on my team? What happens if somebody gets injured on my team? What happens if somebody, right, whatever it is that you've already thought ahead so that you've already got structures in place to, to either proactively make sure that doesn't happen, but then also reactively that, that, that you can do that, right? And, and, and diving into some case studies like Simone Biles, right? Yep. Pulling herself from the Olympics, right? She, she, the, what the positive effect of that. So um, I think, I think this is a very, very unique module. And I think it's, it's, it's a, it, it's, it's more important than ever. It has to. Well, and I think the other part of it, what I what I got really out of it for me was a lot of validation because, and I told Mariana that because I felt like in my environment, I focus on risk management. Ninety percent of my job is dealing with with the what if, right? Yep. Like, what if this happens? Then how do we approach it? But I think, and and again, as a as a, it, it's easy as a coach to say, well, this makes sense. Yeah, it it, it does, but. If we do this, then what are going to be some of the negative impacts? And are we okay with it, right? Like there are certain risks that you're okay with, right? So, yep. and it's as simple as, and I and I, I was talking to a coach about this and about how, how good the, the, the session was. And I said, you know, even as simple as, hey, I want to move a practice from this day to this day. Well, let's, let, let's, let's assess the risk there. And the, the first response was, what do you mean the risk? Well, yeah, the risk. So let's let's look at your team and let's figure it out. If you were to move a practice and let's put the example, let's just say we're going to decide to cancel a practice on Thursday because we don't have the coaching availability or whatever it is, right? We can't move it Thursday. We have a game on Sunday. So we're going to train on Saturday morning. That's That was a scenario, right? That was a, a real scenario that I went through. So my response was, you can't cancel Thursday. Like, let's figure out a way, like, can somebody cover it? Let's, can we move the team to somewhere? Like, can't cancel Thursday because you're already asking people that they're one day off on the weekend because they have a tournament or a game on Sunday. You're going to add a practice in on a Saturday morning. So what is going to be the response for those kids that are, are how many kids are going to be able to make it? Right. What about the kids that work? that in the morning because they referee and things like that in our own recreational program. Right. So now are they, are we making them make a choice that they don't have to make? Right. And what number are we comfortable with attending versus not attending? Yep. And then what is the benefit? Well, also what you're running through is what we spoke about, right? When we think about risk management, we got to think of, of social, right? So what does this do? Like you said, for social, what does this do for psychological, 
What does this do for physical? We're, yeah. we're training 24 hours before we're playing, right? What does this do financially, right? Like, like yeah. that, I think, is this key part that, that again, we're going – with thinking about it on multi-layered, just just as with all the other stuff, with with grit, with energy, with motivation, it's not just it's not just this surface level. It's not just is this dangerous, yes or no, or am I insured for this, or am I allowed to do this, right? Which is the base standard. It's it's deeper than that. It's what does this do for family dynamics? What does this say about our club? Like you said, right? Is our club a club that is willing to to say we're going to take up your whole weekend? Right. What does that do for the family dynamics? What does that right? Those that's really important to move through. Right. When, like you said, we're making these decisions, it's not just the cancellation of a Thursday practice. Right. Right. It's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. And that's um, and that might be and that might be one of the easiest or simplest things that yeah. we yep. that we go through, but then we have to think about that, right? And again, and it goes back to the first session, right? How does that line up with your core values? Right. You said it. Yep. Are you the club that takes up the weekend or are you the club that takes up just one day out of your weekend? And you have that. That's a commitment that I've, I was me as a parent and a player signed on to make. I didn't sign on for everything else. I just signed on for that. Yes. Every once in a while, something happens. Things happen. Sure. Right. So like those are the things that sometimes I think, again, from a risk management perspective, again, you hear that word or you hear the, that combination of words and you, you kind of get scared, but yeah. But I think it's there is risk in everything that we do. It's just a matter of whether you want to take it or not and in assessing it. I think the key is assessing that. Yep. Yep, um, yep. What about motivation? Yeah, I think so. Motivation is is one that we, we've been asked to talk about more than ever in these past two years, as you can imagine, right? And I think it, again, when we think about traditionally what a coach is expected to do around motivation, it's that hype-up speech, right? It's like, it's it's the primetime speech, right? It's your remember the Titans speech. It's, yeah. it's, it's uh, what, you know, th- those moments. And and instead, what, what we want people to think about is like, actually, what, what does research tell us about motivation? How can we motivate ourselves? How can we motivate others? And then how can you teach others to be self-motivated, right? And, and when you think about the sporting world, we always talk about motivation, right? We always talk about uh, commitment and accountability. It's all, all the same. Um, but what we know is that people are motivated when there is autonomy, mastery, purpose, and a sense of belonging, right? So each of those four things we can break down, and as coaches, we must break down, right? Because then, uh, b- break down knowing what it means and what it looks like. Because then we can we can make sure that we build our practices, and back again, we build our cultures to be one in which young people have autonomy. They're making choices. There's purpose. They know their why. Like you said, we start with the why, right? Um, they're 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 uh, they're getting better at something. The mastery. Are they improving? Are they learning? Are they growing? We crave that as humans. And then, do I have a sense of belonging? Is this my team? Do I care about these, right? And if we're structuring practices that have those moments in them, kids making choices, kids having the power, right? They're, they're, they're leading things, right? Um, there's lots of time for them to interact with each other, right? then they're going to be more motivated, right? Instead of the hoorah speech, nothing wrong with a good hoorah speech. I've been known to make one or two in my lifetime, right? <laughs> but but there's also science behind this. There's also science. And 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 um, we spoke about it in our last session is when we define success, like we said, kids vote with their feet. Are they there? Are they coming? Right? Well, I think that was last week we had, uh, we had two players from Regis University and we had the, the head coach who's one of my, my very good friends, Kelly Brown, and throughout the conversation, the two players talked about how how good how good the the bond is with the players, and they came they kept coming back to this idea of I I know she has my back and I have hers, and and Kelly was talking about how because they had they, they had a lot of success this season, and they talked about how in the hard moments when you were down a couple of goals or 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 the weather hit or you had a game getting canceled or, or this and that that kind of pulled you through, right? There's your motivation. Like I can't drop my head. I can't not work. If the person next to me is going like, there's that little, like little incentive. And it has nothing to do with like how much you practice. It has nothing to do with how many <laughs> balls you can juggle. Like it, 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 it's not that right. It's that little motivation to say, Hey, here's what I want to do. And it's not. And sometimes, you know, 
people get stuck on like it's it's funny it's i've heard i've had this i've had this from parents of like at the end of a game oh what did you say at halftime because they were like i was like i don't know just told them to go out there and play like i don't know go out do what we've been practicing for the last three months like yeah like if it if it if it realistically if what we're waiting for is for me to make some sort of big speech and that's what's going to be the triggering, like that's what's going to trigger the response of like, then I haven't done my job correctly. Yeah. Like that can help. Yeah. That can help. But like, but in theory, like if we're doing our job correctly, that, that should already be there. We shouldn't have to wait until our backs against the wall or like all these things. Like we shouldn't have to wait for that. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So let's talk about the last day. Feedback, design strategy, and team alignments. Yeah, yeah. So this, this again, right? This, this was um, a lot of a lot of content that we we actually uh, pulled out of the the social work realm, right? Um, uh, around motivational interviewing, um, which which it, the interviewing. The, the, the word interviewing is, is is weird in that space. It's more like motiva- motivational conversations. Um, but but what we really really dove into um, was was how how do we communicate with each other, right? And and again, that might seem really obvious, but back to all the stuff we just said, to have a sense of belonging, right, means you must you must feel like someone is listening to you, right? You must feel like there is a connection. You must have connection before content, right? You, you can't somebody will not learn, right, if they do not trust you, if they if if they do not believe in you, if they if they can't hear you, right? We know this, right? If I just suddenly get out onto a practice field, I could be the world's best coach. These kids, these kids are gonna look at me and be like, I have no idea who you are. You didn't even tell me your name. I know nothing about you, right? And so having this approach, which is really about questioning, active listening, um, you know, uh asking, asking the right open-ended questions, having the right follow-up, thinking about how we as a coach then process the information that's being given to us. How do we come back around to it? Um, it, you know, I think that's that's essential. And then at the end, thinking about so what does it look like in practice? Right, like, like let's, and and I think one of my favorite things that that I loved about our group, um, the training and the, the way the training came about was it was very much a t- like like a team evolves during the season. We got to know each other more and more to the point that at the end we're role playing. We spent forty five minutes it, practicing speaking with each other and role playing. As an adult, if I had walked into a room day one and be like, "This is what we're doing," you you would all have turned around and walked out, right? Yeah. But we built trust. We built camaraderie, right? The same as with your team. We don't ask them to do the hardest thing first, right? Wait till the end. So um, that, that that's how that kind of uh, came 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 into play. And then ending with right, like, what is success? Now that we've thought about all these things for three months, looking ahead for a year, what is the scoreboard we're going to use? What what scoreboard am I going to create? What things am I going to keep score of? And how will I know how will I know they're happening? And a lot of people talk about it's kids, it's retention, it's kids showing up, it's people having fun, it's winning games, right? Like it was really, I thought that was really cool. So so that was the evolution of that last session together. Yeah. And I think the the things that stood out to me was the communication part was what I thought was was really good. Sometimes as coaches, we we want to make the coaching point so bad. Like we just, we, we can't wait for the moment to make the coaching point because we designed these practices and we're like, I know exactly what point I'm going to hit and it's going to happen. It's going to be glorious. And I'm going to just like, it's like this holy light's going to come in and just shine right on me, like a spotlight in that moment. And the reality of this is that sometimes you just have to let the kid answer the question. And we want to send, we want to give them the information just to prove to ourselves at times that that self, like that self, you need that self validation and be like, yes, I was right. And sometimes you just have to like, be like, Hey, what did you think about that? And see what the response was. Right. Um, The other part you were talking about the communication as kids come in. I think we, I, and this is something I learned from you uh, the first time you were, you were here. And the first time we, we sat down and and talked about, um, about the mood meter. So I printed it out. I have a whiteboard that I, I have a little whiteboard that I sometimes take to my games and things like that. But the whiteboard has less become about the tactical aspect of it. And the back of the whiteboard is awesome. the mood meter. And kids now come in and go, hey, can I grab the board? Yeah, sure. I want to find the word today. Yep. And they go in and find the word. I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that. Instead of just this idea now, it's it's the, the evolution was kind of cool. It was, it was not what I expected. It, 
it was maybe what I expected, but not what I planned for. Mm. Um, they come in and they tell me how they're doing before I have to go and ask them how they're doing. Right. So, and I had the conversation with them. Like, if I ask you how you're doing, what's the usual response? Good, fine. fine. Okay. Whatever. Now they're coming in going like, Hey coach, I'm feeling this. Like before I even have to bring it up and I'm like, great. Why? Like, yes. why is that the word today? Like what has happened in your day that that's made it that. And then we go into a little conversation of like 30, 45 seconds of just like, you tell me about your day. Yeah. Um, but then that also sets up the practice for me. Right. So if I know that all my kids are not in, a, in a, I think one of the things we, we talked about this and it's easy to say, when you look at that mood meter, it's easy for kids to look at where way, well, I know where I don't want to be. Right. Almost like there's a right and wrong answer. And I told him the first time I was like, listen, this isn't right and wrong. This is just where you are. And it's okay. Like you think I'm, a, I'm always the, the happy person. You think I'm always excited to be here. Like, no, not, not always. Like it happens. Sometimes I've had a crappy day. Yep. Yep. It's okay to admit it. Yeah. And then, and, and, and I think that's so important, right? Because you're right. Kids want to give you the right answer kids. Right. But saying like, Hey, Tell me exactly where you're at so that we can solve things together, right? It's that, and, and, and you point out this really important thing is that that you take a tool like that and and if you don't ask that second question, why, right? You're, it's actually a more detrimental tool than it is a positive tool because now a kid's like, I just told you how I feel and you don't actually care. You just wanted to check that off, right? Again, it goes back to culture, right? Why are you doing that? Because you believe in growing humans, right? And so everything that we're going to do is from that lens, right? And so so number one is not only do I want to hear how you're feeling, I want to know why. And then I want to start conversations of like, how can we fix that? Like, hey, you're saying you're in bad mood? You need space? What do you need? Right? And it goes back to you giving power to a young person. You're also giving them incredible emotional literacy. Um, and look, you're, you're a parent, Right? What I would give for my kid to get off that school bus and come and be like, mama, this is how I feel. Absolutely not. It's like pulling teeth. So the fact that you've been able to create that system wherein young people are, are trusting you, they're excited to tell you how they feel. You want to talk about a scoreboard? That feels like something we should be we should oh, be yeah. getting a point for, right? Um, so that's, yeah, that... This is where it starts, right? The, these are the kind of things that need to be happening. And then a lot of coaches will tell you whenever we talk about these kind of things, right? It's like, yeah, but I don't have time. We have such, we, we, we don't, we don't ever have enough time at practice. Like it's always short. So like adding these things in and it's not about adding them in, right? It's they, they should be living in all those, spe- there's nothing, the kids are stretching, ask them then and there. They're doing their warm up jog, go on the warm up jog with them. And right, like this, this, it goes back to, what are you prioritizing? Right. right. How much of a priority is it for values? All those yeah. kind of things. So it all it all comes together. It all comes together. But um, yeah, I mean, like think about we we did the, one of the first activities we did this last time, right? Was we had we did kind of a, a Pictionary game, right? Where all the coaches are on one side and they're like players on the other. By the side. way, I did fantastic at that. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was. I, that might be. More- were you the drawer or were you the yellow? I was the, the drawer. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I I was, I thought I was, my, I thought my drawing was fantastic. I won. Is it framed? Is it framed? It's not. It's in my backpack still, but it, it should be. But, but that's funny little game, right? So loads of people are shouting instructions. We, we ended up having one, two drawers, right? Draw the same picture because they didn't know who their, who their group was, who was shouting, right? But the point we made, right, was... How often does this happen at practices and at games? And it's 100% where instructions aren't clear. You're not able to hear. There's too many voices. You're not specific enough, right? And and what we were hearing was what was helpful in that game was when somebody used my name, right? When somebody just gave me a really basic instruction. And and, and in a room full of coaches on, on that Saturday, like to kind of start off and be like, oh my gosh, this is what my practices are like. Right. Maybe not to that extreme was the exact cue that we needed because everyone wants to know, oh, how can I how can I make sure my kids take my feedback? Right. Because when we hear that we're going to do a session on feedback, coaches are like, yeah, my players have to do better at taking my feedback. And it's like, (laughs) whoa, 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 whoa. Let's see first if your feedback 
is actually what, what you think it is, is actually with the right tones, with the right information, with the right end goal, right? Let's talk about you first. And then, then we can spend some time on speaking about like, well, they have to, they have to receive it better. Let's make sure we're creating feedback that is receivable. Um, well, not only that, let's let's talk about and we. <laughs> so two things that stood out. One, um, when we were talking about the mood meter, there was a moment in one of my practices uh, about a month ago. I had a player that came in, and um, she was she's sometimes quiet and sometimes is not always in the in. She's not always in the happiest of moods, and, and it happens. Um, but she came in, and at one point, she just looked visibly upset. And I didn't really get a chance to talk to her at that point. Um, and something something happened where her teammates ended up, like, huddling around her and, like, just gave her a big hug, and she cried for a minute. Um, so I went over to her, and I pulled her aside, and I said, like, in a, like, a moment where it was easy for me to do it without, like, kind of pulling her out. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, listen, um, I can see that there's something going on. If you want to talk about it at any point, you just tell me if you at any point you need a break, you need to just sit down or whatever it is. Perfectly fine. If you don't want to talk about it, that's okay as well. Like yep. I, I'm good with it. I just acknowledged it. Like I just acknowledging the fact that I can see it. So if if there's something going on that you don't want to like you need you need some time, that's perfectly fine. Just let me know. I think that was an easy moment. Like, I think it was a moment. It's easy for coaches to be like, you have to be like, you have to be. Are, are you 100% all the time? Because I'm not. <laughs> nope. Uh, I am 100% not. Yeah. Um, and then the other part that that I thought was really cool when we did this in the in the last day. Uh, so I call it, and sometimes I sit there and I, instead of paying attention to my game, which I probably should do more, I pay <laughs> attention to what the other coach is saying. And I call it, and I call it, um, and I'm going to print this out at some point, but I call it uh, uh, coaching um, bingo. Yes. Love it. And it's just basically what, what kind of words can you use to fill your bingo card with, with words or phrases that have no meaning behind it, but you read them in a book somewhere, or you saw them online, or you saw that. Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp yep, yep. talks about this, and now this is what you are going to say. Um, yep. And and it's and it's things like, "Hey, we got to talk." Yep. Okay, great, thanks. Uh, check that one off the list, or uh, pass it to your teammate. Yep, cool, thanks. Yep. Uh, good coaching. Be first, be, first, be first, be first to the ball. I mean, we weren't trying to be lost to it. I I. We were sitting in a game once, and I and I will go always go back to this. Anytime there's a free kick, um, we're sitting in a game, and the coaches point about where the player taking a free kick from like 25 yards out. Said he said, "Put it under the crossbar." Mm. And I said, "That's great. That's between where the goal between is the post. between the, the post between and the post. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> under the Good. crossbar. Great. Yeah. The kid hit it and it hit the wall. And I said, "Oh, look under the crossbar." Definitely been working on this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My one of one of my greatest moments always as a coach was when when one of my strikers missed, you know, missed the goal, and I'd be like, "You get it on target." Yeah, yep. That's a really good coaching, Linda. That was that's helpful because she she was trying to miss, and uh, now that you've said get it on target, um, they they absolutely will. Yeah, in, the feedback it, was already there. It didn't go in the net. They did not need further verbal feedback but that think, it wasn't successful. And I think at some points we all, we all, and we, we've all done it. We've all filled out our own bingo cards, right? We oh, all have. Sure. Um, but I think it's, it's, I think it's okay to acknowledge the fact that it happens. And I think what yeah. sometimes it's okay to acknowledge too, it's just like, just, just don't talk. Like it's so much easier sometimes to just not say anything. Like, it goes back to the idea that, well, you know, if you have nothing good to say. Don't say anything, right? Sometimes if your coaching point, like you don't have to make a coaching point. Yep. Like, I don't know. That's my own feedback at times of just like, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's okay just to be like, all right, cool. Like, got it. Like, and, and honestly, acknowledging the player, right? It's Don't ignore the player, right? Don't like, because that's, that's the other part of it, right? Sometimes we don't verbally say something, but we physically say something, yep. right? Yep. If your player missed and you wanted to say the coaching point, hit it on target. But instead of saying it because you're like, oh, I listened to the podcast and Sebastian said, don't talk. There it is. But instead, you're kicking a chair or throwing a hat, things that I may or may have not done in my past. <laughs> um, 
But that's also more the same yeah. thing too, right? Because now what you've done, and again, I've learned that along the way, is you put a player in an environment where now they would rather rather not take the shot next time because they 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 want to please you as a coach. It's it's a weird dynamic, and you don't think of it as that, but that's what it is. Sometimes they, they don't feel psychologically safe anymore, right? No. They 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 you're unpredictable. Your feedback is unpredictable. Your response is unpredictable, and that scares me, right? And that's and that's how we all are. Right, we thrive in predictability, um, and 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 so we need to know that as coaches, how how do we consistently give feedback, and what can the players expect? It, and the coaching thing is so important. Is is if if they're on the field and they 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 know they're always going to get verbal feedback from the coach, usually probably not particularly positive, right? They kind of come to expect that, and it's like the eye roll, so it's useless anyway, right? But if you've had that conversation with young people, like listen, we learn in practice or at halftime, right? And the rest of the time I'm going to be encouraging, or if there's a split second thing like man on or, or whatever that I can help, but don't expect me to, to coach you in that, like heavily in that moment. And I think, and I think when that, ha- if you, you can have that relationship with players, they're going to play a, a lot more freely. Um, one of my favorite clips um, is uh, my, the first head coach I ever worked for coach Weber is a fantastic man. He um, was obsessed with Bobby Robson. Right. And, and so was I, and there's Bobby Robson when he was at um, Barcelona, um, they were down, they were down by two, right? And they had to they had to win the game to to win the cup. Um, and long story short, he put on a player, and they won three two. And then afterwards, they were asking him like, "Hey, can you break down like what you did and once you put him on and how he influenced it?" And his response was, he was like, "All the work was already done." He's like, "All all the work. I just put a player on the field, and after that." He's already done the running in practice. He's already, right? He spoke about in those 90 minutes, the coach does not matter. The work has been done. And it was so funny because these reports were like, no, but like tactically, did you? He's like, I did nothing. He's like, I, I put a substitute on and he ran 100 yards to keep a ball in play. I didn't do that, right? Like, and he t- and it was so amazing. And I've always remembered that. It's like, the coach does nothing for 90 minutes. We have a couple of those tactical decisions to make, but no offense, especially for youth coaches, they ain't doing anything anyway, right? The work is already done, right? And, and that's that's in that relationship building. That's in that practice, right? That's in that culture. The work is done. And if a kid is going to run their heart out for you, they'll run their heart out for you. And if they're not and you yell at them, they're still not. Yeah, They're still not. I've done it before. I said, run, run faster. And kids like looked at me. No. No. Like, like, no. You might as well just be yelling, clean your room at that point, right? It it, it doesn't matter. It just, so, so the work is already done. Yeah. A really good point. All right. So last question. Uh, What is, what's next for all the, all this content? Um, We go again. We go again. We don't know exactly yet how. We're looking at doing these these kind of four-hour sessions on a monthly rotation. Um, we're also going to look to partner with full clubs um, in whatever sport where a club can bring us in and this becomes their internal coaching training, right, um, where we can lead it either in a full-day retreat, a couple of half days, or, again, these different types of sessions, Um we we are planning on um, looking at partnering with with some large organizations for their summer coaches, right? We know that the seniors in high school, college students, right, who come back and coach in, in summer camps, we want them to go through this. So a couple of different alleyways, uh, always looking to kind of partner with people, uh, bring us into school districts within those athletic departments. Um, so a couple, couple of things like that on the horizon, um, and 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 we'll see what we'll see where it lands. But it's alive. Awesome. It's, going. it's the it's the start bread starter. <laughs> yes, it's a bread starter <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. No. As we say, as we say with feedback, feedback is a gift, and sometimes you keep the gift receipt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now that's gonna stick. Anybody, every if if at any point anybody talks to me. Uh, about a bread starter or something that's like it. that. I, that's what I'm, I'm going to think about you. <laughs> yeah, I'm honored. I am honored. <laughs> oh, Linda. Wait, what? <laughs> or, yeah, so there you go. Perfect. <laughs> uh, well, Linda, thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, um, honestly, the the 12 hours that we, we got to spend were fantastic. I thought I got a lot out of it. I know Brittany got a lot out of it. And uh, 
and I just hope we can I we can continue to work together and 2022 is going to be a fantastic year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you, coach. Thanks. Thank you. All right, Duane. Um so the long awaited Tottenham result came out. The long awaited Tottenham result. <laughs> so Tottenham is out of the Europa Conference League. So funny, funny All stat. Things. Funny stat. Okay. Tottenham is the first English club to be kicked out of the Europa Conference League, the Europa League, the Champions League, and then whatever the Champions League used to be called before before it was the Champions League. Like really? the Inter the Inter Cup or whatever, Inter Conference Cup. Really? Yeah, they're the first English team to be kicked out of all of those competitions. Wait, kicked out like not allowed eliminate, like eliminated out of all oh, just eliminated in general. Yes. Oh, that's really interesting. Hmm. Well, I guess because that, we're well, because who was the who was the other who were the other teams in the in the conference league from England? Uh, gonna have to call the uh marketing marketing analytics department real quick. Call uh, uh I mean so the only other um England actually, actually no, Tottenham was the only English team. Because there was only one, there was only one. Um, yeah, that's right. There was only one. Uh, Leicester City's in it now, but that's because they were they were knocked out of the Europa League. Europa League. Yeah, look at that. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, interesting stat, and I mean, I guess it t- shows you that Tottenham's been at all different levels. Yeah. <laughs> almost all within the same season. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it from three years ago, playing in the champions league final, what final. three or four years ago, right? Um, now getting kicked out of the Europa league. And that's, four different, that's four different managers in, the, in that, in that time period too. Yeah. And I think maybe in every year, have they played, have they just progressively gone down? Yeah. They played in the Europa league last year. They did, yeah. And this year, yeah. So hey, just that's what happened. So yeah, so Tottenham's not, Tottenham's out. Vitesse is in. So Vitesse, Tottenham is appealing the, the decision. It's never going to change. It doesn't matter. It, it's just not going to happen. So Vitesse is playing rapid vein. Um. So yeah. Um. One other thing we wanted to bring up. Um. It's almost like a almost like a almost pseudo uh, player of the match, but. Th- while over the last there's been a there's been a big tournament that's been happening in you know from November uh through December and that was the Arab Cup uh 2021 FIFA uh Arab Cup in Algeria won the Arab Cup. Did they have Mares? No, no Mares. Algeria is still undefeated, right? Isn't that our undefeated? Yeah, that was the undefeated team. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that that was. Well, you looked that up. So yeah, it's uh, it was four groups of t- four, so sixteen teams playing the Arab Cup. Um, uh, advancing to the knockout stages were Egypt, Algeria, Morocco, Jordan, Tunisia, and the United Arab Emirates. Oh, sorry, and Qatar and Oman. Uh, so those were the those were the um, eight teams that are now uh, advance uh, uh, the eight teams that advanced to the uh, quarterfinals. From there, Tunisia played Egypt. Qatar played Algeria, and then ultimately in the final, it was Tunisia against Algeria. Um, Qatar ended up winning third place. So congratulations to Algeria for um, for winning the Arab Cup. So if you were scrolling around in Fox Sports uh, over the last month and you're like, wait, this is live soccer? Yep, it was live soccer. It was the Arab Cup. So uh, Arab Cup, which, I mean, hopefully maybe at some point they'll bring back the the Confederations Cup, because then that would that would give a a, a birth into the Confederations Cup. Um, but right now, uh, I mean, I think I think it'll be I think it'll be cool if they bring that back because they've officially announced that Argentina is playing Italy in June at Wembley um, for the winner of the Euros with the winner of the Copa America. I don't know. Just it's just a friendly, just to play. 
it's a friendly there. I mean, I, th- I think everyone's using the idea that Maradona died a year ago to now bring on whatever ties they can. There was the Maradona cup between Barcelona and, and Boca juniors. Now it's Italy that happened to win. So now it's might as well be Italy against Argentina. And yeah. So Algeria has not lost a match this year. There you go. There you go. So, um, they're undefeated in the 2021 calendar year. Now, they do play Gambia on the last day of the year at 8 o'clock. So this could all go away. This could all go away. Oh, no. The last four hours of the year. That would be messed up if that happened to Algeria. Uh, it's almost like Jesse Lingard scoring that goal in the last 30 seconds of the season and somebody bet against Jesse Lingard scoring the entire year. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, player of the match. Uh, my player of the match goes out to Pep. Uh, good old Pep, man. My guy. So Pep, I mean, give it credit to him. I I think what he's done now is is just it's just crazy. So Pep Guardiola, uh, obviously the manager at Manchester City, uh, was last week or two weeks ago beats beats Leeds seven nothing. Um, this weekend played Newcastle. Uh, the newly revived Newcastle with all the money in the world, right? And that when they told us they were gonna have to have, yeah. So uh Pep, for that uh, first transfer window. Yeah, Newcastle, Newcastle uh beats beats them for nothing. Phil Foden and Jack Grealish uh don't play at all. And afterwards they asked them, you know, why why then they play. Um and he goes, it wasn't rotation. Nope, I decided on this team because they deserve to play today, these guys, and not the other ones. And afterwards, uh, apparently some off-the-field stuff was happening with Mr. Foden and Mr. Grealish going out, going out, a little Christmas partying. Uh, um, you know, in a COVID time where, especially in England, everything's going crazy right now, it, it's, yeah, they decided to go out. They were lucky to even play the match. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of teams didn't get to play this weekend. No, most teams did not. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, uh, and, and what I really liked was he said at Christmas time, I paid a lot of attention to behavior on and off the pitch. And when the pitch when off the pitch is not proper, then they are not going to play. I mean, you're getting to this part of the premier league season where it's like a ton of games in a short amount of time. Um, so the rotation is going to happen. So Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, you want to get some minutes. Um, well, they are getting minutes. That's the thing. Those are two starters. That's what I'm saying. But if you want to continue, because now this is how you're in theory going to be judged or if somebody comes in underneath you. Right. So Gabriel Jesus comes in and now starts, you know, balling out, then, you know, come knockout stage of the Champions League. We might be. That's who's playing and you're playing. Yeah, GJ is in. You're playing in the FA Cup. Yeah, you're playing. Yeah, you're playing the FA Cup. There you go. That's right. So that's my player of the match. Who's your player of the match? Uh, my player of the match is actually going to go to a coach as well. It's going to go out to uh, Greg Berhalter. Um, just a great, you know, the U.S. had a good, I think they had a good 2021. I mean, obviously they won uh, the Nations League. They won the Gold Cup. But being able to rotate, I'm interested to see how many players played this year and got capped and be able to rotate and have a consistent team. And even this last this last Saturday or Friday or Saturday, Saturday, we went with a very young, inexperienced group and still being able to grind it out and get a result. So um, the future looks bright for the U.S. men's national team. Um, and even though the Olympics just passed this year, I think the future is bright going into the, the Olympics for 2026. Got to get in first. Yeah, but I think that Berhalter's looking – like, even though most of these guys are going to be older, yeah, he's going to look to get these guys experience at the senior level yeah. to then be able to perform at the U23 level, which I think has been we're missed. We're only two and, a half hours, uh, two, and a half, two and a half years away from the next Olympics. Yeah. So it's not, it's not as bad. Oh, it's actually 2025. Did it really? Well, no, no, no. No, it's 2024. Yeah, it's 24. Sorry. Yeah. I'm already thinking 2022. No, it's Paris, Paris 2024. 2024 yeah i forgot because it was supposed to be in 2020 2020 yeah so yeah no i mean it so you only have two and a half years so that's a good point yeah yeah, yeah. 
I like it. Hey, hey he's capping 17 year old. So that those, those yeah. will be the guys. Right. All right. Um, on this day in soccer history, and we're going to do two, two, one on this day and one just kind of Christmas theme thing. Um, mostly because Christmas is coming up this week or today is Christmas Eve. Uh, for those of you who celebrate Christmas, today is Christmas Eve. So, um, December 24th, 1914, um, World War One is going on, and uh, German soldiers and British soldiers decided on a, on a ceasefire, um, and basically they had a Christmas truce. Um, and while all, and all these things happen, if you're a history person, all these things happen during it. They changed gifts and, and things like that, and and you know um letters and they shared meals and and all these things which was you know kind of a uh, one of the bright points of humanity to a certain extent um but in the middle of a war which is is tough um but one of the things that happened during it is they actually played they they played they played matches um you know they they played in no man's land um they the, which I thought was in, really cool and interesting because it, it's a, uh, um, they they were able to play the beautiful game, which I think is a, is a really um, was really cool. Uh, story goes that Germany won three to two in this in this game that they played. You know, Germany was never going to lose. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, so whoever, regardless of the score, ultimately, uh, um, no, it's, it's awesome to see that 1919 and day without social media, they were able to, uh, set up a friendly 1914, 1914, sorry, 1914. Yeah. So, all right. So that was the on this day in soccer history, right? So February or December, telegraphed 20, each other, December 24th, 19. All right. So here's a Christmas one. And it's not, this isn't, this, this isn't necessarily a, on this day in history, but since it's Christmas Eve. I want to point out a club. I want to highlight a club. All right. Uh, Dwayne, how familiar are you with, with Finland's with Finland club soccer? Uh, zero knowledge. Zero knowledge. All right, cool. All right, perfect. So uh, we're going to talk about for a quick second, I'm going to give you a little brief history on FC Santa Claus. FC Santa Claus. <laughs> FC Santa Claus. They only uh, play. Do they only play on December twenty fourth, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth? No, 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 no. They play. They play the entire year. Uh, so this is a football club uh, from Ravoniemi, uh, Rovaniemi, Rovaniemi in Finland. Now they play. They currently, currently play in the uh, Vitonin, which is the sixth division of Finnish football. Um, so Finland has six divisions of soccer. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this can't be very good. So this, so the, they, they started out in 1992. That's when it was formed. Um, in 2012, they went through some bankruptcy issues and things like that. And now they're back. Um, so the original name that was funded was FC Santa Claus Rovaniemi. Then in 2012, it was refound, refounded as FC Santa Claus Arctic Circle. Um, and now the new, this new version of it in 2021, which is now as a youth club with a senior, with a senior's men's side, it's just FC Santa Claus. Um, and, I, and I urge all of you to look at it. Uh, it's FC Santa Claus. It has a little, little picture of Santa with two soccer balls on the side. Uh, and he's, it's like, he's writing on a list. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty cool. They can't be very good. It doesn't matter. I think we should, I like, honestly, they're probably looking for a goalkeeper. It, it I'm available. Matter. It does not matter. Sixth division of, of finished soccer. I might be on the road. It, it does not matter. I don't care. I don't care if they're good or not. I just, I think it's cool. Um, so they've gone through some different things. Uh, so one of the things that, you know, people might ask, be like, well, why is it called FC Santa Claus if they're in Finland? Like, so they didn't want to use the Finnish, um, like way of saying Santa Claus, um, because it, it would have been really, really hard to say because the, the Finnish translation is Jolupu, Jolupuki. 
Joel Pukki is, is how you apparently say Santa Claus in Finnish. So they wanted to use the English name. So that way it was more common. Um, and it also would allow people to uh, get, get, you know, get a little media coverage. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, uh, FC Santa Claus, uh, uh, you know, if, I, if you can find yourself an FC Santa Claus jersey, uh, it's, it's red <laughs> and white, uh, which is interesting. It has a beard. Yeah, so uh, they all play with beards. That's the catch. You got you to play with a beard. Um, so, yeah. All right, fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week uh, goes out to the Bundesliga uh, for not allowing fans anymore. Um, they're taking COVID seriously, and they're like, you know, we, we want to try to keep the games on. We want to try to play, but the, the sensible thing to do right now is to probably not allow fans to limit the spread of this new variant of COVID. So... My fair play goes to the Bundesliga. My fair play of the week is going to go to the men's national team players that are going to be moving on to new places in 2022. So it's rumored Serginho Dest maybe leaving Barcelona because Barcelona is poor. They need money. They don't and, want them. <laughs> and Danny Alves is coming. 38-year-old Danny Alves is coming to take your spot. Because the Javi, the Serginho Dest is no longer an outside back. (laughs) Yes, he's a winger. He's a winger. He's scoring goals. That's good. Yeah. Uh, And then Weston McKinney may be moving to the Premier League. Ooh, he would do really well in the Premier League. I mean, he would do well. I think he's one of those players you can pull in. Well, anywhere, but anywhere. Really well, I think, in the Premier League with the way he plays. Yeah, it'd be cool. So those are the two uh, names on the rumor mill. Nice. As of now. Nice. Cool. Well, good luck. Wouldn't to be all. surprised if Matt Turner ended up somewhere. Yeah, like a lower. Not he's not going to Arsenal, but like he's not going off to Santa Claus. <laughs> no, like a lower, like a lower mid pack team somewhere. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if Matt Turner went on the move somewhere. Yeah. All right. Well, good for them. All right. Well, um, if you. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the second to last episode of the year, so we're getting close. We're getting very, very close. Um, All right, thanks for joining us this week, and remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.